Okay, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. So, we're here today, Baruch Hashem. Hope everyone is well. Let me move it back a drop. Hope everyone is well. We're here today to learn further in Parshas Noach. We talked last week about the construction of the Teva. We, the mitzvah of, t- of building the Teva, we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. And last week we learned about the dimensions of the Teva, of Ezeasher Taseosa. Right? This is how you should make it. The specifics of the instructions, why there are specific instructions. And we've talked about the fact that there are two construction projects that we have in the Torah, both of which have very, very specific directives the Mishkan and the Teva. And that both of them really have what they have. The power which they have is not based on simply being just a natural good construct. If that was the case, HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have left us a great deal more discretion. But as we learned in line with the Kuzari, when you want the presence of Hashem to be in the activity which you do, you need to follow Hashem's specific instructions because you can't imagine it. There's a science to it. You have to follow the very specific instructions of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, in order to make it work. And that was true of the Mishkan, to bring the presence of Hashem down. That was the Chet Egel, the sin of the golden calf. And that would be true as well here of this Teva, that there was no specific titanic construction company that would be able to make a boat, that would be able to contain everything and be able to survive the, the, the trauma of what the Mabel was, of what the flood was. This was a tool of the Shechina, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, saying, you build this, and then it will be able to be withstood because it will be in that way inspired by me. Today, we are going to continue. Perek Vav, Pasuk Tezayin, 6.16. Tzohar Tasela Teva. A Tzohar, you shall make for the Teva. What's a Tzohar? The Targum translates Nehor. Nehor means, in Aramaic, Nehora means light. You should make a light for the Teva, right? What do, what, what do we call lunch in, in modern Hebrew? Aruchat Tzohorayim, the meal of the Tzohorayim. The noon is called Tzohorayim, right? Tzohorayim is, it's a high noon, is the brightest time of the day. The sun is right overhead, right? Tzohar, like the word Zohar. What does Zohar mean? Also means radiance and light. Tzohar is, is a light you should make for the Teva, milmala, and you should end it at an ama at the top of the Teva. It should not have a flat roof, much better if the water slides off. An opening of the Teva, the door of the Teva should be made in the side. You should make it a bottom floor, a second floor, and a third floor. So some basic ideas about the construction of the Teva. Let us go through the Rashi, Tzohar, Yesh Omrim Chalon, Yesh Omrim Evan Tova Hameir Lahem. Rashi brings two interpretations. This is the main thing that we're going to be focusing on today. We're going to come back to it shortly after we do a little preliminary work, right? But the main thing we're going to be focusing on today is these two opinions as to what the light source was in the Teva. Some say it was a window, and some say it was an Evan Tova, was a precious gem that radiated light for them. It continues, Vel ama You should finish it at an ama at the top. Kisuya The top of the teva was slanted and ascended until it became narrow at the top and was an ama across. So that the waters would trickle down. Again, everybody knows that a flat roof is harder to maintain in certain ways than a slanted roof because the waters pool, they collect. Right? The smaller the, 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 the collection point, the better it is, the more it can be directed away. So that the rain shouldn't fall in it. Three levels one above the other, El Yoinim Adam, the people on top, Emtsoyim Lomadur Behema, the middle ones was for the animals, and Tachtiim Lozevel, and the bottom floor was for the waste, right? A lot of waste was produced over this year, right? So w- w- that's the way the three floors were defined, that's the way the three floors were used 
for this, right? Rashi doesn't fill in here. Elsewhere, the Chazal speak about where the food went, um, and, uh, and that's another piece. But most of Rashi is involved with practicality uh, here, right? The Tzor, there has to be a light, two op- options as to what the light was, and then the roof definition and the door definition and the floors, there's all a lot of, a lot of practical steps. If we look a little bit further in Meforshim Rishonim, right, the Ibn Ezra says, Tzor is mokom shi'ikonis mimenu ha'or, a place from which the light would be introduced. Vumigzeras tzoharayim, it's of the same root as tzoharayim, as we said before, which is the, you know, the brightest, the middle part of the day. Vunasa lemala kemishpat, and it would, be a, a, it would be on top, as would be expected, right? Normal windows, windows that provide light, would be made higher up, and the, more, the higher up they're made, the more light they're able to cast, the more light they're able to shed upon the room. The Radak, again writes, The Radak gets a little more detailed, and he says, well, it was awfully cloudy during the Mabel, it was stormy as anything. What window was going to introduce light? Eventually, however, says the Radak, there would come a point in time when it would stop raining, when the water would start receding, when the world would start getting back to normal, but they would still be in the teva. At that point, the window would stand them in good stead. As we'll find, it says, Noach opened the window of the teva that he made. What does it say that for? That was when he was sending off the raven and then the dove to see what was going on. He sent them through a window that he had made. So here's your tsar. Here's your window. One second, I have a problem. Is it called a tsohar or is it called a chalon? Is it a, if it's a window, so then call it a chalon. Later we're going to call it a chalon. Now later, it's serving the purpose of sending out the dove, the raven, and bringing it back in. Here, when the Torah speaks about it, it's speaking about it not in terms of the purpose of being a portal for entry and exit of things, or even for entry and exit of ventilation, which you can only imagine what that teva must have been like, right, without a window for ventilation, but it's not spoken about here. Again, it must be part of the miracle, here it's described in terms of being a light source. Tzohar is a light window. In Hebrew, we maybe have two words, a tzohar and a chalon. A tzohar for light, a chalon for passage of things inside and out, other than light. But at this time, in this context, we're speaking about it as in terms of a light-providing window. The Yesh Aymrim writes the Radak, Yesh Mechazal Shomru, that he had a precious gem that radiated light, like the middle of, like as it was the middle of the day. However, the term tasa goes against this, says the Radak. Why? Because tasa means that you make it. He didn't make the gem. Maybe he should say, bring the gem into the teva. If it says make a tzohar, it sounds like a window. Chalona teva asher osa. A window you make, a gem you don't make, a gem you find, you bring, you position. And therefore, the Radak says it doesn't sound to him from the simple reading of the Pasuk that that's the simple meaning of it. Uve emes, but in truth, says Radak, hechi noach shemen lener, vachino koltzrocha, vizachalon hayelumala. He says, Noach must have also brought a lot of oil for his candles. The Radak himself had acknowledged at the beginning that there were certainly long periods of time when it was so dark and so cloudy that he wouldn't have been able to, uh, to see. Windows wouldn't have helped. Right? Besides the difficulty of finding your file in windows. Right? But windows would simply not have been able to, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to have helped. So... So therefore, he needed to have a, an artificial light, light source, which was oil, to fuel candles. So says the Radak, he acknowledges three possibilities. 
The simple meaning he believes of the Pasuk is that you should make a window. But he acknowledges that that window wouldn't have been enough throughout. So he brings the opinion of Chazal that there was a precious gem that generated light inside. And that would be enough throughout. That solves the problem of windows having a limited utility. But he says it doesn't sound like it because tase means you should make it. And here it would mean just that you positioned it. And so he says, in order to deal with the issue of light during the periods of darkness outside, Noach must have had a nice supply of olive oil that would have provided a fuel for, for lights. Fascinatingly, the Chizkuni rounds this out. The Chizkuni is also a parshan who very often builds himself on the interpretations of Ibn Ezra and to some degree Radak. Writes the Chizkuni, It's the window that we'll find later that Noach opened when he sent off the birds. However, while it was closed, while that window could not be opened, they gave, they put there an Evan Tova precious gem to illuminate for them inside. So that makes Chazal work. In other words, the Chizkuni wants to make a happy compromise to say that there was both a window and a light-producing gemstone. And how does he do it? By addressing the same issue that, uh, that uh, Radak addressed, which is a window would not always have been able to be used because there were times when it was dark. There were times when maybe if it was a window that, that needed to be opened without a pane of glass, that it would have to have been kept closed, very, very well closed, because of the waters of the Mabel. So for a time, there was a precious gem, and there was a time, eventually, when they would be able to have a window for natural light. Perhaps not at the beginning, but eventually. And he says, Chazal seyeshem chaloin haya, Right? It seems to be doubting it, but the Pasuk says there was a window, says Chizkuni. So the idea was there was a window, but the window wasn't able to be used from the beginning. And that's why it was also good to have a gem. But here comes the coup de grace of the Chizkuni. According to a simple pshat, listen to this, it's amazing. Yitzhar. What's Yitzhar? Right? The beginnings, the first bounties of your grain, of your tirosh, is your grapes, and of your Yitzhar. What's your Yitzhar? Your olive crops. Olive oil is considered, is called Yitzhar. So he says, Tzohar is related to Yitzhar, or Yitzhar is related to Tzohar. Why is olive oil called Yitzhar? Because it's a light-producing fuel. And therefore, over here, says the Chizkuni, that when it says, make a tsar to the teva, says, have a nice stock, a nice reserve of olive oil, so that you'll be able to provide light. And concludes the Chizkuni that there's a problem with saying that there's a window, besides for the fact that it might have been awfully dark and cloudy, but we're going to learn, we see later, that the sun and the moon and the stars, Chazal tell us, Rashi will bring it, did not act during the time of the Mabel, during the entire period of the Mabel. That's why it says at the end of the Mabel that Hashem says to Noach, from here on in, day and night, winter, summer, fall, spring, will not stop meaning that during the time of the Mabel, they did stop, because there were no planetary movements that provided the normal seasonal, uh, seasonal change. That's what Chazal tell us, fitting with the notion of that the whole world stopped and had to restart in the time of the Mabel, an idea that we discussed before and that we'll touch upon Emir Tashem a little bit more today. Okay, but now, now let's pause and collate what we have learned before we try to delve into it a little bit deeper. The Torah says to Noach, Hashem says to Noach, Tzohar, you should make for the Teva. 
Everybody agrees that the term tsoar, as the Targum translates, is nahora. It means light. You have to have a light source in the teva. You're going into this box, you're going to close it up. You have to have a light source in the teva. And that's what's being instructed here. However, what that light source was, that's where there's a debate. And we have three interpretations. One interpretation is that you should make a window. And in fact, we find that there was a window in the teva because later, after the mabul, Noach opens the window, the chalona teva that he had made, and he sends out the raven, and then he sends out the yonah. Right? So there is a window. So Noach does windows. And therefore, right, the tzohar over here as well could be a window. That, of course, however, poses two problems. Problem number one is that later it calls it a chalon, and here it calls it a tzohar. Okay, so we'll look at that a little bit more later, but we, we had a relief for that question. And the relief for that question was that here we're clearly speaking of it. The interest is in having a light source. So when it's being referred to as a light source, we call it a tsar, because tsar means light. When it's referred to over there, it's talking about a window for passage, so then we call it a chalot. Okay, we can live with that. The second problem, more major, is windows don't always give light. If you have your windows, you pull back your curtains, you raise your blinds, and it's dark outside, completely dark outside, it's not going to introduce light into your house. And during the Mabel, it was dark for two reasons. Number one, it was pouring. It was dark, it was cloudy, right? Number two, it was a time when, according to Chazal, the sun and the moon and the stars didn't even shine. So that would be a, those would be limitations on the effectiveness of the window at providing light. So therefore, there had to be plan B, perhaps plan C. Right? Plan B was, the other interpretation of Tzohar that Rashi brings is that it was a gemstone that was radiant and brilliant and provided light in the teva. And that's a beautiful pshat. There's a problem with it. The problem with it is, Radak says that it says, Tasela teva. You should make it for the teva. They wouldn't be making the gemstone, they would be bringing it in. Now this problem we can also address, just to explain where Chazal would be coming from, is that a gemstone that sits in a black velvet pouch or in a jewelry box is not a light provider. It may be radiant. Right? But when it says Tzor Tassel Teva, it means install a light for the teva. That's what it means. It means install a light for the teva. When you take the gem and you put it in a right setting and you make a chandelier of brilliant, radiant gems, so then you've made a light for the teva. You know, the physicists on this, on this shear might have a problem. They might say, Do, is there such a thing as a gemstone that radiates light in the outer darkness? Or do gemstones only you know, reflect light which is cast upon them very, very beautifully? Is there such a thing as a gem that simply glows? And it's imaginable that there's a gem that glows. I mean, even like a lava rock, right? Is, a, is, a, is a, you, know, you know, that kind of a thing is something which glows. It doesn't reflect the light of others. But tasa, to make it as a light source for the teva would mean install it in the right place. Install it in the right place. In fact, it would reflect something that we're going to revisit in a certain sense a little bit later. Some of you recall that on the first day of creation, Hashem created the light. Remember that? Guys, when you're on mute, I can't hear you laughing at my incredible jokes. I'm sorry. All right, you, on the first day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the light. And the problem is that on the fourth day, what did he create? He created the light sources. Yehima oros Let the light sources be placed in the Rekiah Shemaim, in the sky. So it sounds like Hashem created the light before He created the light creators. Like, what's going on? So, of course, we have a mystical interpretation that the light that was created on the first day was a different kind of a light. It was the Arhagonos, the light that would ultimately be hidden away for lost love, for the eventual future, the Arhadash, the new light. However, there's an interpretation in the Gemara that says something else. Hashem created the lights. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. But he didn't put them in a position where they could light up the world. On the fourth day, he doesn't say, Yihima Eres, 
let there be lights. It says, Let the lights be put in the heavens to illuminate the earth. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the lights, the sun and the moon and the stars, but they were in velvet pouches, in jewelry boxes, in storage containers that said on them, Amazon Prime, right? And, and, and they, they were not yet put in the place where they would illuminate. So then Hashem made them into lights. Tzor Tasa Lateva could mean the same thing. You're not making the gemstones, but you're positioning them to be the sources of illumination for the Teva. That would be the response to the Radak's question. But then there's a third interpretation, which Radak doesn't say is it an interpretation of the Pasuk. He just says it was something which Noah must have done. But the Chizkuni very beautifully says that that may, may be with the simple pshat of what the Pasuk means, which is that he had an oil supply to have candles. There would be candles to light up the teva. Why not? Right? Windows wouldn't work because it was dark outside. Right? So make for yourself oil. Make for yourself a collection of yitzhar, which is olive oil. And, um, and that will provide you with fuel for candlelight for this journey. That's the way he learns. Baruch Okay, so this is the simple meaning of the of the tzor tasa teva. Three possibilities as to what the light source was. Let's now look at this at a different layer. Our first uh, additional layer, our second layer, I guess, would be to try to look at the sources for this discussion that Rashi quotes. And then the layer beyond that is we're going to try to, of course, have a deeper understanding of what this is about. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, there's a Yerushalmi in Psachim, and then there's a Medrash Rabbah which sort of brings it together. We'll, we'll breeze through this fairly quickly. Establish in it, fix in it, this is the way the, the Gemara itself is explaining Tasa. Tasa is position in it, precious good stones and gems, so they'll light up for you the, the teva like it's the middle of the day. Continues the Gemara, worth quoting, finish it at a man on top, that, that'll be good for the simple, practical maintenance of the, of the roof. The kaima, ha-tachtim, shniim, Okay, so that's what Rashi quoted. You have those three levels, the bottom for waste, the middle for animals, and the top for people. The Marsha there says, You, you can't say that Soar is a window. The mazolos, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars didn't function during the time of the Mabel, so a window wouldn't have helped. Marshall points out this problem. I, they opened a window. That window was for sending off the birds. It wasn't for light. The word soar makes it sound like it's being made for light, and that's not the window. The window later wasn't made for light, it was made to send things out and bring things in. And from the Yushalmi in the first parak of Psachim, there is something of a proof to this explanation. What's that referring to? So let's look here at the Talmud Yerushalmi. Omar Avuna, Kalavinen Arkin Bi'ilin Butisa, De Sidra Rabbah, he says, when I was running, what he's describing here is there was a time when he was on the escape from the government who was practicing religious persecution and he ran into caves. And it was dark in the caves, always, 24 hours a day. They lit, lit candles. But the candles, he says, burned brighter in the nighttime than in the daytime. And the way we were able to keep track of time was with the brightness of the candles. Right? It's a, remember, the first mission in Psachim is about using a candle to do Bedikas Chametz. 
and it says it should be done at night. So there's a discussion over there about how the, the light of a candle is better at night. Now, we're used to saying that because, you know, shraga betiara mayahani, a candle in the daytime doesn't really help, right? You already have enough light, and the candle won't be able to shine. There's no contrast. At night, there's the contrast. But the Yerushalmi mentions an idea somehow, some way, that candlelight is even brighter during the day, even without the contrast. And that would be demonstrated in a cave where there's darkness anyway. Again, hard for us to understand. But listen what it says here. Then he means, I'll tell you something or, that, that supports what you said. When he entered the Teva, he brought in with him precious stones and gems. That was his light source. When they were fainter, he knew that it was daytime. When they were brighter, he knew that it was night. That's how Noach knew the difference between night and day. Lama, why did he need to know the difference? I mean, if you're in there for a year, why do you need to know the difference between night and day? Right? It's a good Corona question. Because there's a chaya that eats during the day and there's a chaya that eats at night. So he needed to keep track of time because he had a big job. He was the greatest zookeeper of all time. He had to feed every animal the right food at the right time. So he needed to know the time. Ask the Gemara, but one second, doesn't it say you should make a tzayar for the teva? But it doesn't, the mazolis didn't service at the time of the mabul. So even if a tzayar could have been a window, but it wouldn't have worked. So there had to be avonim toives to boot. It's interesting, again, the language of the Yushalmi, the structure, the grammatical structure of the Yushalmi is a little different always, but it's pointing out exactly this give and take of the Maharsha. And that is that a window wouldn't have been a good light provider because of the, the fact that the sun and the moon and the stars weren't functioning. So therefore, you needed to have this gemstone. Very nice. In the Medrash, as we mentioned before, the Medrash brings them both. Some didn't explain, some did. It was a window. It was a gem. During the 12 months that Noach was in the Teva, he didn't use the sun during the day or the moon at night. He had a gem, and he hung it. When it was faint, he knew that it was day. When it was dark, bright, he knew that it was night. This is the first time we were running away from Gunda, from, from uh, you know, groups, from troops. In the Caves of Tiveria, and we had candles in our hands. When it was faint, we knew that it was day. When it was dark, we knew that it was night. Okay, so that same idea expressed here in the Medrash. Beautiful. So we have this different, these machlekas, these different ways of seeing it and understanding it. So that's the, that's, those are the sources in Mepharshim. Those are the sources in Chazal. But now, let's try to take it meaningfully deeper. And let's start with the Maral's comment on this Rashi. Why didn't one explain the window? Why doesn't write Chalon? Later it'll say Chalon. He says, the Maharal explains, like we said before, if it's a window, why doesn't it call it a window? He says, because it was made as a tsoar. It was made not as a usual window, which is for passage of items in and out, but specifically for light. So it was made as a tsoar to provide light. It was made with the size. If it was just for the birds, so you have a, what is it, the, this big? Right? But for light, you want to have more light come in. So they made it differently. There would also be a different location. 
You'd put it in a different position. If you wanted it for light, maybe you'd make a skylight. If you wanted it for passage of a bird, you'd make it shoulder height. So again, that's Maral being practical and explaining that it was a light providing window according to that opinion. The Im Tomar asked The one who says that it was a gem. Why not candles? Right, here we are, I'm asking you physics questions, I'm asking you, you know, chemistry questions. Are there gems that would provide light without anything shining upon them? That are just their own radiant sources of light. Is there such a thing? Right? We ask this question. Why do you need fancy stuff, gemstones? Why didn't they just bring in candles, oil? Right? What we saw was the pshat of the radak, not in the pasuk, but he said they certainly brought in oil, or the pshat in the pasuk according to the chizkuni, ask the maral. In the medrash, oil doesn't appear. It's either the window or the gemstone. What about oil? Why not candles? It's more logical to use candles than to use precious gems. The Yireli says the Maral, here we go deep. When Hashem had the Teva designed, he wanted the Teva to be like a world. And that's why it had a lower level, a second level, and a third. Like the world has also three levels. What's that? We have the earth. We have the atmosphere above, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And we have... The Shmei Shamayim, the invisible, where the Rabbanu Shalom is. Others divide the three world, three levels differently. But this is found in Rishonim and in the Maral. And in order that the world should not be missing a light source, so they made a stone which would provide light. So it should be like the world. Could have used candles, of course. Candles is something which you're going to use while you're there in the Teva. The stone was a fixture. It was part of the structure of the Teva. Because the structure of the Teva, being as it was to be a model of the world, it needed to have luminaries. It needed to have fixed luminaries that were part of the structure of the teva. A candle isn't part of the structure. A candle, you walk around with a little thing in your hand carrying a candle to move around. Part of the structure of the teva, built like the world, was to have luminaries. Even the opinion that says that it was a window, it was also the same thing. Structurally, the teva had to have something which provided it with light. Teda, and I'll prove it to you. He says, the one who says heaven teva, there was certainly a chaloin, because we're going to say, as we say later, that they opened the chaloin for the bird to get out of. So why did they need a gemstone? But you needed the teva internally to be like a world. That was what this opinion was. The Chalon opinion would say we would take from the light outside. The Evan Tova says you need to have inside the Teva, in your world, you have to have your luminaries. That's why it says Tzohar Tasa La Teva. Ma'u chaser la Teva, she'en adem l'chalon rak ha'er, tasa la'er, l'ksiv chalon, shechlein ene la'olam. V'avein zehetev. A window doesn't always provide light. The Tzohar, the gemstone, provides light. So the morale here has opened up this idea from it being simply a practical matter. There's a practical question. How do you see in the Teva? Practical problem. Radak says, by the way, yeah, that practical problem is addressed off the books. The Medrash doesn't even discuss that. They certainly had an oil supply that enabled him to go around with candles. No problem. However, says the Maral, it's very nice to approach the question practically. But there's more than a practical question here. 
And that is that the world was now being concentrated into the Teva. When Noah built the Teva, Noah was building the new world. As we discussed earlier, this is the world edition two. The world of Adam HaRishon was destroyed. We're no longer called, humanity are no longer so much referred to as B'nai Adam as they are as B'nai Noach. There's a new world, and Noach is creating that world. As opposed to the first world, which was created by Hashem, and the human being was plunked into it, or maybe I should say was plopped into it, the world of Noach was a world which Noach had to create. A world which Noach had to create. And we, if you recall, we discussed how when the Torah was given the first time, Moshe Rabbeinu was just given luchos that were made by Hashem, carved out by Hashem in every which way by Hashem and given to, given to, to man. How long did that last? 40 days, 40 nights. I mean, they were in Moshe Rabbeinu's hands for moments, the way we read it in the Pasuk. And then they were smashed. The second luchos, psolecha, you build them, you carve them out, you carve out those stones. If you make it, maybe you will cherish it. Maybe you will make it last. And what's happening here is that Noach is building a world. And the teva is a little world with three tiers, points out the maral. A lower world, a middle world, an upper world, just like this world is. And in that world, you need to have a light source because that's the way the world is. The first thing that Hashem created, remember when He created the world, after creating the world, was He or let there be light. A light source is fundamental beginning to existence. Let's look at the complementary comments of the Maral in his commentary on the Agados there in the Gemara in Sanhedrin. Kava Ba'avonim, where there in the Gemara in Sanhedrin it says, like Rashi says here, that there were gemstones that provided light. Writes the Maral, You need to know that the Teva that Noach was in was comparable to the world. Just like the world has three levels. That's why he said, put in gemstones, not candlelight. The world doesn't rely on candlelight. People walk around with candles to see, but the world has its own built-in light source. And therefore it says, Take a stone which shines of its own, just like the sun and the moon which shine of their own. Now it's interesting because of course the sun shines of its own and the moon just reflects. They sure certainly had candles. need to have a light source, something which is part of the a fixture within this little universe called the Teva. That's how the Maral opens this up a little bit. And I want to just show you something that continues the remarkable parallel which we have been seeing, and the very understandable parallel which we have been seeing between the buildings that the Torah that Hashem prescribes, meaning the building of the Teva and the building of the Mishkan. With the Mishkan as well, there had to be built in a light source. Look what it says. Beautiful. The hooks appeared in the loops like stars in the sky. What does that mean? What does that mean? So they had the curtains, you know, which covered the, which covered the Mishkan. And the curtains were two groups of five curtains. And at the end of them, they had loops of tcheles, 50 loops of tcheles on the edge of each curtain. And then there were golden S-hooks, which went through those blue curtains. And the Gemara says that the dark blue of the tcheles, as the backdrop for the gold S-hooks, which poked themselves out, which you would see them peeked out, I should say, rather, through those blue loops, Twinkle, twinkle, little hook. Right? We learned this in the Dafiyemi recently. Right? Appeared like the stars in the sky. Cute. Why cute? Why this? No, it's not cute. It was because the Mishkan was heaven and earth. As the Gemara says in Brachas, 
knew how to put together the letters. The letters with which Hashem created the heavens and the earth. It's written here, excuse the typo there. And he filled him with the Spirit of God. And it says there, Hashem bechachma yisad eretz kainein shamayim bitfuna uchsiv, and it says further bedatoi tohaymais nifku. So when it speaks about Hashem creating the world, it uses chachma, tfuna, and das chachma with eretz shamayim with tfuna, das for the tohomos. Right here, by the way, also three levels: the shamayim, the earth, and the depths. Right, so that's. Also, Chachma Vina Vadas was Betzalel. He had to have all the tools to create heaven and earth. Why? Because what was he doing? He was creating a miniature version of the heaven and the earth when he was creating the Mishkan. As we explained, when we think about what a human being mustn't do on Shabbos to emulate Hashem's rest from the creation of the world, we think about what a human being did when we created the Mishkan. And we have to cease and desist from all of the malachas which were done in building the Mishkan, because the Mishkan was a little world. And you understand it, that in both cases, it's a salvage operation. In both cases, it's a salvage operation. You see, there's a big world, and the world goes to pot. The world ceases to be a place which is occupied by the presence of Hashem in a vivid and brilliant way. And that becomes now shrunk. In the Mishkan, we understand. Now this becomes the place of the Shechina. Instead of any place where my name is mentioned, I will be there to bring blessing. Instead, it's in this one place. There's only one place where you can properly mention Hashem's name, and that's in the Mishkan, in the Migdash. Nowhere else do we say it. Remember on Yom Kippur, they heard the name of Hashem, they bowed down. Right? We remember we don't do it. We don't mention the name of Hashem out loud. It's in that little place which is the world the way it ought to be. And the Teva was, of course, that little place, the world the way it ought to be. Noah had to build a place which would be salvaging something of the Tzaddik Tamim, Hamakayim Esa'olam, the righteous person who maintains the world. He literally had to build it. And just like in the Mishkan, you had the heavens and earth together, including twinkle, twinkle, little hook, even including the stars that were there in the roof of the Mishkan. Here too, there had to be something which was structural within the building of the Teva that also had to provide, also had to provide light. It's not for us to discuss at this moment, but just think and recall that when Chazal speak about the menorah, and they say, why did you need the menorah? Why did you need candles? Why did you need olive oil in the Mishkan? V'chila aira hu tzarech. V'chila aira hu tzarech. Did they need that light in the time of the Mishkan? Right? They went, the fire of Hashem was there. That was what filled the Mishkan. That was the installation, the ultimate air of the first day. So Chazal explained why you need it. Right? But similar to our discussion here, you can make candles. Candles aren't enough. You need to have something which is a fixture of the presence of Hashem, of light, which is there in the Mishkan. Now, I want to just take this one more step in our discussion here of this depth in order to be able to, uh, to, to, to see this perhaps in a slightly added light, if I may use that expression. And that is, so here we've seen a beautiful thing that the Maral is teaching us, that the idea, the purpose of having a tzor for the teva was that internally within the teva, especially in the interpretation that it's a gemstone, internally within the teva you have to have your light source, just like the world has its light source. Listen to what the Gemara says in Bava Basra. Rav Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Even Taiva, again, a good stone, a precious gem, was hanging around the neck of Avram Avinu. 
any ill person who saw it would be healed. Uvishosh, and if there Avram Avinu Minailam, when Avram Avinu died, when he left the world, Hashem made it part of the sun. Right? Tzadikim Israpim, but Chazal say, the Gemara says elsewhere, that the righteous will be healed by the true light of the sun. So interesting. Again, a gemstone that provided light. I've yet to find, I'm, I almost am confident, I imagine that somewhere in Chazal it says that this gemstone that was around the neck of Avram Avinu was the gemstone that Noach had hung in the Teva. But I haven't found it. Okay? Anybody who finds it, has a good flashlight, can find this, this someplace, you know, I will be very, very indebted. However, we imagine that this is the case. But it says that there was a gemstone that hung around Avram's neck and it brought healing to the world. The light was not just sunlight so you can see what's going on. Ultimately, the sunlight, as we say, Chazal say, Hashem will take out the, the sun from its cover, and it will heal the righteous. In fact, when Avram Avinu needed a refuah shleima, when was that? After his bris? What do Chazal say? It was a very hot day. Why? Hashem took the sun out of its sheath, out of its cover, that same thing, to heal Avram Avinu. To heal Avram Avinu. Because light, the way we see it, is just a practical tool. But remember, the original light that was created, we see it as much more than a practical tool to enable you to see. The light is there because the light is the first presence of Hashem on the world. Or Ponecha. The light of Hashem's face. Light, Torah is called light. It's something beyond just simply, again, a practical light-providing tool. It's something which is much more. That's what we are looking here for. When Hashem created the light, it says He saw that it was good. The first description that it was good is about the light. That's why, for example, put on the sheet, when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, it says, they saw him, they saw that he was good. This is, by the way, the first time that it says since the six days of creation. Right? Since the first days of creation, the first time that it says that it was good. And he saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. Says Rashi, when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, he radiated. The house became filled with light. So that's how you know that it was good. And again, it's because the original occurrence in the Torah of the expression, Kitov, that it was good, is with regard to the light. The light that radiates from Moshe Rabbeinu. Who, by the way, what does the Pesach say next? She had to put him in a teva. She had to put him in a box in the river, right? Because of the Xera. That's part of that connection. But you see the depth of the connection of what's happening here. The light is something which has to be there. And here's the difference between Noach and Avram. Because what did we have before Noach and Avram? What did we have before with Noach and Avram? We had before that Noach, the world was destroyed. Ten generations, they increasingly angered HaKadosh Baruch Hu until the waters of the Mabel came and washed them away. Ten generations from Noach till Avram, till Avram came along and received the reward of the Mal. Avram saved the world. Avram salvaged the world. Avram Avinu, the light of Avram, was not in the Teva just for those who were saved. Avram Avinu went around and interacted, and he had this gemstone, he had this light around his neck. And that light was the light that healed people. And when Avram Avinu died, it didn't go with him. Hashem put it in the sun because Avram Avinu saved the world. It was for the entirety of the world. That's what it was there for. That was what it would accomplish. There's a light that we pray for. Every day we just dive in Shachris. What did we say? 
Hamachadish Betuvay Hashem renews every day in his goodness creation, as it says, Laose Orim Gidolim, he who makes the great luminaries, Kilo Elam Chazda, his kindness is forever. Or Chadosh Al Tzion Toir, a new light may you shine upon Tzion, and may we all merit soon Laoro its light. Right? That light, that light which is supposed to heal, that light which is supposed to show the world the presence of Hashem. Avram Avinu brought that to the world. Moshe Rabbeinu had it on his face. When he was born, the house was filled with light. And later, as we know, when Moshe Rabbeinu would come down from our Sinai, he had light. And when he taught the Torah, that light had to shine from Moshe Rabbeinu. He, he covered it up otherwise. He had his own nartik, he had his own mask, right? Not our COVID mask. He had a mask that had to cover the radiance of Moshe Rabbeinu to preserve it. It wasn't for the whole world. Avram Avinu's light was for the whole world. Moshe Rabbeinu's light was a light for Moshe Rabbeinu to teach Torah to the Jewish people. Tzohar Tasa teva, make a light for the Teva. Don't think for one minute that this is just a practical, pragmatic matter. Boy, was it dark in there, it was closed, it was cloudy outside, windows didn't help. No. This is the completeness of the world, which has to have in it a light fixture, as the Maral taught. But even further, it's not just that it's a little world that has to have a light fixture, but there's a special kind of a light. A light of healing, a light of Torah, a light of God's word, a light which at times is put away. And that was there in the Teva. That was really what had to be salvaged within the world and ultimately radiate outwards. Yes, Yisrael. First of all, Mazel tov from all of us to Yisrael. And Noam's Bar Mitzvah yesterday. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Thank you very much. Do you have time for a key question, Rabbi? Yes. Uh, 